You are listening to Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ by Six Seconds Europe. Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to a new weekly podcast, Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ. This podcast is a very simple premise that elicits some fascinating insights from my guests. Every week I will ask my guests for three moments of clarity that contributed to a change in course in their life journey. It could be anything big or small. It could be a new job, new hobby, something that moved their life in a new direction. We will be releasing a brand new podcast every Wednesday with guests from Six Seconds, our partners and interesting people who live their life using EQ. Six Seconds is a global non-profit dedicated to growing emotional intelligence worldwide. Our work involves supporting individuals, teams and organisations to develop and practice emotional intelligence to help increase personal and organisational effectiveness. I look forward to sharing some great guests over the coming weeks, every Wednesday. I'm delighted to say that we have a very special guest for our second episode, Joshua Friedman, who is a specialist on emotional intelligence, an author, and the Chief Executive Officer of Six Seconds. Joshua has helped co-develop EQ assessments and published a number of books and articles on the topic, and he has created an international network of consultants and coaches. He has some very interesting moments of clarity, which I look forward to sharing with you now. So what is the first thing that comes into your head when I say moments of clarity? A few years ago, we had a conference of the Six Seconds community in China. And when I walked into the conference room, I saw people from the community coming in to the room and seeing each other. And I saw them lighting up. And as people would come in the room, the excitement that they felt about being together and the connection that they had with being together. And some of the people I'd known for a few months, some of them I'd known for a few years, some I'd never met before. But there was something about that experience of being in that kind of space together where I, I just felt this freedom from them and this energy and life. And it was as if uh, people were taking off their coats, you know, and revealing their kind of brightly colored blouses and shirts underneath. Yeah. Uh, and there was a kind of liberation of, I can be myself here and I'm welcome here. And I'm here for a reason, and I'm here together. I'm seen and I belong. And that gave me a tremendous sense of clarity about the power of the work we do and why building community is really six seconds purpose. We can't do this work of practicing emotional intelligence in the same way by ourselves. When we're, we're trying to engage in something that's that's deeply challenging in most places in the world to really tune into ourselves and become more authentic with ourselves and with one another. There's a tremendous amount of risk in doing that. And when we're in a 
a community where we support each other to do that, we can feel it. And that feeling generates freedom and it generates energy. And, uh, you know, you could say that, that, you know, that word you mentioned there, communal. I was talking to somebody on a podcast the other day and they used the word, what we're missing at the moment is communal joy, being mm. able to celebrate things and being together in groups. So it maybe makes you appreciate that <clears throat> even more now, doesn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I think that I, there's a lot of things about traveling that I don't miss you know, waiting in airports and eating airport food and sleeping in strange beds and waking up in the middle of the night and wondering what city I'm in. But that sense of uh, newness of being together and that sense of meeting people who I've met before and meeting people who I haven't met before and maybe even more witnessing people connecting with each other and uh, just seeing what happens when people come together and they give each other a hug or a high five or, you know, in that sense of um, we are better together. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, even I've felt that even over over Zoom, you know, it's not the same as being in person, but even connecting with people, you know, like, say, in the practitioner's course mm. with those people, I've still felt close to them, even over Zoom. So I can imagine what it's like being in the same room um, as them, you know, as being with like minded people, isn't it? Well, I think that might be my second moment of clarity is a few months ago, I was coincidentally over a couple of days, I was in six seconds coaching courses and EQ practitioner courses in the Middle East, in Italy, in Latin America, in Europe, in North America. I got to uh, just step in the room and like the course in Italian, uh, we for, I was just visiting, and so it wasn't. We didn't have a translator, and we didn't have. It wasn't a formal, wasn't a formal thing. So I was just there for a few minutes, but I I could see the connectedness. I could feel the connectedness, and I think that this digital life that we're living right now, in some ways, is profoundly disconnected but it doesn't have to be. And this was the, the clarity and the spark for me was the remarkable power that we have to actually see and hear and have space for one another across literally thousands and thousands of miles, the other side of the world. And then the next day, the other side of the world and this sense of weaving or reweaving community. And this happened at the beginning of the pandemic for me as well, when we had some community Zooms and we had 100, 200 people on Zoom. And all, all, most of us in this state of deep uncertainty and, and fear and loss, and there were a lot of tears, but there was also some laughter and I could feel, again, the connectedness. I could feel that the sense of community. And I think, Fergal, in my life, in much of my life, I've felt like an outsider looking in. In much of my life, I felt lonely. And I'm a little bit introverted. 
and that sometimes surprises people given the work that I do. But that's that question of do I belong? Do I fit in? Do I have a place here? And as a white man and an English speaker and you know, somebody who has a home to live in and has a job and there's so much privilege that I have. And even with all that privilege, or maybe in part because of all that privilege, I think this sense of do I have a place uh, has been um, something I've grappled with. And it just, it's part of what makes me so committed to equity and to recognizing how so many people in the world don't have a seat at the table. They're not welcome in the room. They're not seen. And so this, this theme for me of, of connectedness, of feeling that we are together, that feeling that we're better together, of feeling that we value one another. To me, that's, it's, it's been life changing but it's like a it's not like a lightning bolt of life change it's not like a blink it's like drips of water wearing away and i feel over these 25 years of doing this work i feel my heart opening more and have you found it particularly more in the last year say it's made me more aware of mm. uh, communal and being around people and being on your own, you know, mm. it's a, uh... yeah, it's funny because in, I, in, I don't really, haven't really felt very lonely in this last year. And, um, we've been pretty strict about our self quarantine. And, um, in 2019, I traveled over 200 days of the year. And so to be having, this is the longest I've been home at a stretch or in one place at a stretch. This is the longest I've been in one place at a stretch since like 2000 and like 2000. Uh, (laughs) This century. (laughs) Yes. And I can imagine feeling really lonely in this, but I haven't. And I think it's because of the shared purpose of our work and the sense of community that in this, in the six seconds model, we, we talk about this concept of give yourself, give yourself has two competencies, increasing empathy and pursuing noble goals. And for me, the recognition has been that my purpose is with and through others. And this juxtaposition of increasing empathy, which is about connecting beyond self, feeling connected, not giving empathy, but feeling the connection that's also for me. And pursuing noble goals, which is about connecting beyond self in terms of connecting with the future and what I want to contribute in the world, which also includes me. Both of these I'm part of. But in that space... I feel a sense of connectedness that is enlivening. And as you said, I think that in this year, the seeing the level of disconnectedness, seeing the massive increase in loneliness, talking to so many people who are struggling and feeling lost, and whether it's 
the health effects of the pandemic or the economic effects or the social and emotional effects, those effects are like these huge waves crashing. And I'm sorry to say that I think there are more and bigger waves to come. And in these face of these big waves, this finding a way to stand and find ground and hold hands in, in, in that, in that current, uh, feels even more important than ever. I agree, particularly say for teenagers or for kids. I think it's going to be for years to come that we will see the effects of this. And I think something like, you know, six seconds or emotional intelligence will be crucial for that, you know, for helping people to, you know, like pause and to uh, understand their emotions, you know, name it, to tame it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be so important over the next few years, more relevant than ever. So we know from research that was done in the United States after Hurricane Katrina that two years after the trauma, uh, people who were children and young adults during that experience were facing significant emotional distress two years later. I know anecdotally um, from having a, a my stepfather be a veteran that his experience of PTSD came and went for the rest of his life. Now, I don't think that what we've experienced in this last year is the same kind of trauma as either Katrina or being a combat veteran. But nonetheless, it it is been traumatic for many, many people. And I think sometimes we look at these traumas and we dismiss them. And um, somebody in our network recently shared a concept with me called disenfranchised grief, which is the grief where we say, well, I, I feel grief, but I know other people are suffering more, so mine doesn't really matter. And I think we do that with all of our emotions. You know, I'm, I'm scared, but I know I have a home, so my fear isn't that big a deal. Uh, I'm worried about my kids, but actually they're healthy, so it's not that big a deal. At some point, I think that these emotions, even though we try to dismiss them and push them away and, and hide away from them or cover them over or um, disenfranchise them, at some stage we have a reckoning and we can't do that anymore. And maybe it becomes uh, an issue of physical health. Maybe it becomes an issue of total exhaustion. Maybe we start taking it out on our workmates or our friends. But in some way, this if we don't process this pain, um, it will fester. Exactly. I agree wholeheartedly. And now, Josh, what is your third moment of clarity? Well, the third moment of clarity is... It's a little harder to talk about, but uh, it happened that my biological father and my stepfather and one of my grandmothers all passed away in a uh, less than a one-year period. And it so happened that I was kind of coordinating or officiating their funerals. And I, I remember my my brother was in medical school at the time. And one of his 
um, one of his mentor doctors um, said to him, um, your, your death is a reflection of your life. And the experience of these three funerals and these three deaths um, really shook me and inspired me. And they were in some, in some ways, I, I felt like all three of them were so, uh, such a clear, a clear reflection, a clear pool of water into the lives of these three people and what people said about them and who was there and the emotions that were shared. And I think just the, the experience of having those three things all within a year, there's something about big, big experiences like death um, or having a baby or climbing a mountain in some way is this big, I call it a peak experience um, where somehow things become more clear. And I believe that all of our emotions are there for a reason and they're all telling us messages from us to us. And I think gratitude and grief are actually about the same thing. I think grief is a form of gratitude. Grief is an honoring. Grief is a way of saying, there's something here that I want to hold on to and want to treasure. And there's this part of me that even in sharing this with you, I can feel tears in my eyes and I can feel myself trying to push that down and push that away and don't feel that because I don't want to start, you know, blubbering <laughs> in, in, in this recording. <laughs> but at the same time, I know that those feelings are reminders for me about aspects of who I really want to be, what I really want to protect, what I really want to support in the world. Yeah. And it's, I don't know exactly what, like if I were to try to put it in a few words, what those things are, I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but, and that's the thing is like, it felt so clear to me the the value in the, the teachings of their lives felt so clear to me and not all pretty um you know some of it was very disappointing my um in in jewish tradition um you have to have a group of people from the congregation to carry the coffin and at my grandmother's funeral, there were strangers and me. And that was truly a reflection of her life. Um, at my stepdad's funeral, there were, you know, children laughing and there was this sense of joy and, and strangers, um, st strangers saying to me, He made me feel like family. And in my biological father's funeral, there were these messages of, he was so brilliant and he helped me understand in new ways. 
And so all of those, all of those themes feel so deeply reflective of, of those people. But my emotion and, and my, my grief in this moment is, a, is also a teaching for me. It's, it's a question for me. Um, what's, you know, who's going to be at my funeral? Not to be macabre about it. I know. Um, it's not, I don't mean it even in a literal way, but <clears throat> what is the, what is the story of my life? What is the contribution of my life? And the thing is that I don't think any of them really thought about that very much. And so I have this gift of getting to think about that and say, okay, having seen that, having witnessed that, having been part of that, having learned a little bit of those stories, what is the story I want to weave? Exactly. I'm, I'm you know, you, you could be, I'm, Particularly in the last year, I've been, I've always have done that. My mother died when I was a teenager, my father when I was in his, when I was in my twenties. And it's a very Irish thing anyway to, to kind of think about your funeral and I'm, <laughs> you know, and who be there and it's a celebration. But I think that's a really healthy thing. Well, and there's a theme in these three memories, of course, and they're all about connection and one of the things that I'm increasingly coming to believe is that that space of connection is there all the time. It's, you can call it the force, you can call it God, you can call it the Tao, you can call it wave, you know, the waves of gravity. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> apparently this week we've learned more about the muon particle. <laughs> so maybe it's the muons. I don't know. <laughs> But that space of connection, I'm increasingly coming to believe, is there. And I think maybe in these moments of clarity, what I experienced was different aspects of stepping into that realm of connection. Yeah, exactly. That is lovely. That um, My last question that I'd just like to ask is a question that I ask everybody is, if you close your eyes and take four deep breaths and think of your happy place, where would that be and why? For my 50th birthday, uh, we went scuba diving and I got scuba certified. Wow. And one of my kids and their partner and uh, my wife and I were there and what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling as I think about that happy place is being underwater in this just balanced, poised space of being relaxed and seeing these beautiful little crabs and, <laughs> um, and this sense of discovery and possibility. And I imagined before I did it, I imagined scuba diving would be kind of a lot of work or, and I definitely thought it'd be scary. And what I experienced was this 
incredible sense of relaxation and this place that we were uh, on an island off of Honduras, the water was so clear and even 10, 20 meters down, it was pretty warm. <clears throat> and so it just felt so free and so embraced and um, so much wonder and beauty and possibility. And I, that sense of, of not floating above, yeah. but floating in. Yeah, exactly. And the camera you wear, the less oxygen you use. So, you know, you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like, That's cause what I know, my teacher told me. <laughs> cause I, I, I used to do a lot of diving with my wife and she'd always come back cause she was like Zen, like in the water. And I remember on our wedding, on my wedding day, I said my speech, I said that I, the day I knew I wanted to marry her was we were diving and she was waving. And I, and then when we came back up, I said, well, there was a last year of a holiday. And I said, what were you doing? And she said, Oh, I was just waving goodbye to the fish. And Aww. I said, well, I have to get married to this person, you know, <laughs> but it is Zen like down there, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I totally relate to that. that I'm feeling. very much looking forward to that again soon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much. They were lovely. I really appreciate you for sharing that with me. I hope you enjoyed our guest this week. I would ask that you please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that a new episode will appear in your library every week. I would also really appreciate if you could leave a rating and review so that others discover this podcast. For more information on emotional intelligence and how Six Seconds Europe can help you, please go to sixseconds.org slash EU. Take care and see you next week. You are listening to Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ by Six Seconds Europe.